Thanks, Hannah. Didn't you do a good job? Yeah. Might just move that bottle of water so my big lanky feet don't kick it. Knock it all over the stage. How's everyone doing? You guys are looking fantastic. You're singing great as always. Hey, uh, before I get into the word this morning, I just want to take a brief moment to talk about our connections. You know, in the life of the church, we, we had 16 uh, traditional style connect groups which met around tables where we did Bible studies and, and people hung out and there was fellowship and that going on. And they're still taking place. But something new we have implemented in church life is this thing called interest groups. And I'm pretty excited about that. And I must say, with our interest groups, the ladies are leading the way. There is currently 31 interest groups in the life of the church. That's women-focused. That's pretty cool. You girls could get excited about that. Us guys, we've got a bit of catching up to do. But our interest groups are based around just that and interest. We spent some time last year thinking about what actually is connection. What are we connecting for? What are these things we have called connect groups? And so we've put a bit of a change, a bit of a twist on this, and we thought connection is really any time people come together. It's pretty deep. Hey, Hayes, you're a scientist. I hope you can keep up with my teaching today. So connection is people getting together and based around an interest. And the women have got a lot going. We have some others that are just forming in church life. But the reason I'm spending a bit of time talking to you about this this morning is we want to create more interest groups. Our interest groups, our connect groups as a whole, will run, they'll align with our school terms. They'll start at the start of the school term, finish at the end of the school term. The term prior, we will have a launch where we will talk about all the different interest groups that are in the church life, and you guys can choose which one you go to or are wanting to go to. You know, we've had many people reply, give me some feedback about groups they would like to lead. You you may want to lead a group. You may have a particular interest. It could be... I don't know, uh, I know Sam's into quilting, it could be quilting, you could join Sam's quilting group. It could, I've heard some feedback around photography and uh, digital montages, I think that's pretty cool. But I want you guys after the service or send an email to jamie at desertlifechurch.org and just let me know if you would like to run an interest group because it's something we are passionate about. I, I really believe that together we are better and we want to get better at connecting with people. So in probably three to four weeks, we'll have a sign-up Sunday where we will have information about all the different groups available up the back where you can go and sign up and register and be part of a group. It could be an interest group. I do have one disclaimer, though, with the interest groups. If it is is something that is quite technical, i.e. skydiving, you kind of need to be qualified as a skydiving instructor if you're going to run that group. There's this thing called litigation in today's society, which I know, it's the fun police, it really stinks, but we have to be wise with what we do. But who knows what your interest could be? I know we've got some people who are interested in cars, we've got some car enthusiast groups that are starting up, we've got lots of groups starting up. So just a bit of a taster, I just wanted to put it out there for you guys. But yeah, there's a a next steps table up at the back. Go and fill out one of those forms. If you want to be put in a connect group, you would like to run an interest group and we'll give you some more details soon about that. All right. Well, as Hannah said before, my name is Jamie Tasker and I'm one of the pastors here on team. And, you know, I just am so privileged that I get to serve here at Desert Life Church, myself and my beautiful wife, Fiona, the associate pastors. And, you know, I'm just so glad that you guys are here today. I just want to give a shout out to all our visitors. If you're here for the first time, I want to say hi to you guys. It's so good to have you with us. You know, if if this is your first time in church or your first time in a long time and you feel out of place because you think we are all so good, you need to take a look at the person next to you. (laughs) All these pretty faces around you, we aren't as sweet and innocent as you think. But we want you to feel welcomed and we want you to know that uh, you guys are awesome. Why don't you just turn the person next to you and say to them, you are awesome. That's the way. I just want to give a shout out as well to those who are listening on our podcast. You know, each week we record our sermons and upload them and we've just released our new website. We have a bit of a lag getting our sermons up there, but they will be up there very soon. So go to desertlifechurch.org to check that out. I love this church. 
You know, the church, it's not a building, it's people. I love the fact that we have an attitude where you come as you are, not as you should be. I just want to say to you this morning, this place is so much better because you are in it. I mean that with all my heart. This place is so much better because you are in it. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say, this place is better because of you. (laughs) I could hear all the emphasis of those saying it to their loved ones. The newly married, the Harris family on the front, we're pretty excited about that. But this place is... (laughs) Oh dear, if only some of you guys could see what I see. This place is so much better because you are in it. And, but, you know, churches, they, they're not a place that are perfect, and nor should they, because if they were perfect, you or I would not be here. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. God, he calls us to be healthy. This place is better because you are in it. Pastor Ben isn't here this morning. He's currently in Brisbane at our Hope Centre campus preaching there. So be praying for him over this weekend. He's got some meetings this coming week. So be praying for him, church. But I just wonder, have you got your Bibles with you here this morning? If you don't have a Bible, I want to encourage you after the service, come and see myself or go to the information booth and we will give you a Bible for free. It's uh, the Bible, it's, it's a collection of books, well really they're ancient scrolls, which all tell about this man, this called Jesus, who I'm about to share with you about in a few moments. And we're gonna, I'm going to get into the Word in a short bit of time, we're going to have scriptures come up on stage, but I really want you to know that if you don't have a Bible, I've got one for you after the service, cool? If you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of John chapter 14. When you look at the book of John, the book of John is the fourth gospel telling about the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. It's written about this guy called John who, as the word describes, was one of the most favorite disciples, favorite apostles. He was loved by Jesus. I mean, Jesus loved everyone, but he had this close, this intimate relationship with God. And in this passage, we see Jesus talking, and it's John's recount of that passage. I just wonder if you're here this morning and you've ever been so confused in life, you have not been sure what to do. I just want to share with you that Jesus, he is the right doctor to go and see. When you're facing challenges, when you're facing hurdles, when things are standing against you, Jesus is the doctor to go and see. In John, just before this, a bit of a lead up, Jesus is sharing all these uh, kinds of things to his apostles. He's going to tell them about all the chaos that's about to come their way. And then in from John 14, verses 1 to 6, usually this is in red. We haven't got it in red up here, it's in white. But whenever you see words written in red in the Bible, it's Jesus speaking. Verse 1, it says, Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room in my Father's home. I just want to emphasize with you, pause there for a moment. If you're not part of a church family, if you're not part of a home, we want you to know that you are welcome. You are welcome in this house. I just want to say to you this morning, welcome home. We'll read on. Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me, there is plenty of room in my father's home. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I am on my way to get a room ready for you, or your room ready, should I say, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. And you already know the road I am taking. Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, and also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. I mean, can you believe that that is in God's Word? I love God's Word. There are times where I just look and I read and I just think, wow, how good is our God? I am the road, the truth, 
and their life. I just want you to think on that thought for one moment. You see, you and I, we live in an age that shares all roads lead to heaven. We live in a (laughs) universalistic, (laughs) I'm getting tongue-tied already, I'm doing well, society that thinks that we can do our own thing, but it doesn't matter if we do our own thing, all roads will meet up in the end, it's okay, it's all going to work out. Jesus, he, he makes this statement and all the confusion is over. He, he says, I am the road, I am the way, I am the life. See, today we're carrying on in our series called Behold the Man. I don't know if you've ever stopped and thought about it, but the word behold means to stand in awe, stand in wonder, behold the man. You know, if you stop and think about your own life, I'm sure you've had many behold moments in your life. I can remember the very first time I saw my wife. Behold, it is good. The time I saw her walk down the aisle of our wedding day brought a tear to my eye. My eyes were sweating. I can remember the time when our first child was born. There was a behold moment. Behold, God, you are so good. I can also remember the first time we took him home. There was a behold moment. How stupid are those people to let us take this thing home? (laughs) You see, in our life, there are many behold moments. We've taken a time out to pause, to focus on this series called Behold the Man. You know, in your Bible, it mentions 584 times the word behold. But there is only one beholder. His name is Jesus. I want to share this thought with you today about the fact that it's always, it's only Jesus. Always, only Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you that you tell us to come as we are. Father, we are here this morning and I just pray you speak to each one of us. God, anoint the words I speak. May you reveal yourself to each person here. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, I thank you that salvation comes only through you and you alone. And I just speak your word this morning. I speak your life. I speak salvation into each person. I speak blessing and healing. And Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in the name of Jesus. And a faithful church said together, Amen. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been going somewhere, you've been on a destination, but you've forgotten that one thing? You get to your destination and you realize, hang on, I've, I've forgotten something important. I've had it happen many times. Two weeks ago, I had to go to Darwin for a quick trip. It's funny, as I look around, you see the, husband, the wives looking at their husbands. I was having this quick medical trip to Darwin for an appointment and... Uh, I thought I would leave. It was an afternoon flight. It was like at five o'clock. I'll come to work, do my thing. I checked in online. I was only going for one night, so I only needed to carry on baggage. I didn't need much. So I got home, put a change of clothes in my bag, raced to the airport. And it was when I got on the plane, I realized, I sat back in my chair. And I thought, I'll listen to some music. But the first thing I went to grab were my headphones and no headphones. Great. First world problems, I know. <laughs> I had to sit and listen to the cabin talk of everyone else. I get to my hotel, I check in, I realize my phone's on 30% battery. Look in my bag, oh, no phone charger. Man, how am I going to cope? I'm actually going to have to talk to people face-to-face, Sam. It's a problem. First world problems. (laughs) You know, I took some guys out from youth last year. We went out for lunch 
and a few of us got together, we went out, and it was pretty cool. We get to the restaurant, and I'm still puzzled by this one. As we get to the council, we put our orders in, and two of the guys I were with coincidentally happened to forget their wallet. That one thing, that one thing they had forgotten. So I had to pay for them, not knowing, naming any names or people. They claim they left their wallet at church. Yeah, right. I'm not looking at anyone, Sam, or naming you. (laughs) Two years ago, we went on a holiday and... We had planned about it, we took the kids, we were so excited, we were going to Brisbane, down to the Gold Coast, to the parks and the beaches and have lots of fun and we had cashed in our frequent flyer points and we used them towards a car hire voucher, which was pretty cool. I thought, great, this is awesome, we don't have to pay for this car for two weeks, we've got all our points in a voucher which we cash in and we booked the car and went ahead. Well, we did that, it was all good, we then left to go to the airport, we got on the flight, etc., Arrive at Brisbane Airport, collect our luggage, go to the budget check-in area, walk up to the counter, smile on my face and say, I'm here to pick up a car for Tasker. And she said, have you got your voucher with you? I looked at my wife thinking, Fiona, dear, that was your responsibility. Where is the voucher? She looked at me, no, dear, it was your responsibility. Where is the voucher? Pretty comical, a domestic started right there in Brisbane Airport Terminal, in front of the budget counter, all over this stinking piece of paper, this one thing that we had forgotten and they would not give us the car. The voucher went, we ended up having to pay for it out of our own pocket again, which was a, another comical thing. But Fiona and I, we had this domestic situation take place all over this one thing. This one thing stopped us from getting our car. You know, we can relate that to our world because as is the same in our world. You know, we can get to a point where we accumulate every single thing we think we need. And the reality is, is people do that high and low, but they're still missing that one thing. You can be the richest person in the world, you can have all the wealth, you can have all the toys, but yet you can still live a dissatisfied life. You know, I'm here to talk to you this morning about behold the man, that behold the man moment. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a life where I have everything and miss out on that one thing being Jesus. I would much rather have Jesus in my life And not have everything that I would think I need to live a materialistic life than live without Jesus. You see, it's only Jesus. We don't have to search for a a healer because we have him. His name is Jesus. We don't have to go and search for some reward because he is here and his name is Jesus. We have it. it. It's in Jesus. It's only Jesus. You know, the word behold, it means to stand in awe and be amazed. I love the fact that our, our Jesus, he, he is enough. You know, and in this day and age where we have this whole theme, this notion on, on cool church, I don't want to come to a point where we miss out our encounters with Jesus. You see, we're not here about cool church. We're not here to have the most hippest, trendiest services. We're here to encounter Jesus. Jesus, it always is. It only is Jesus Jesus plus nothing is better than everything minus him. Always, only Jesus. Behold the man. Stand in awe and be amazed. I just want to share a few points with you this morning around this theme of always, only Jesus. I just believe that what I have to share is going to help some people today. And I just pray you open your heart to receive everything God has for you. First thing I want to address is the only way to get the only thing that matters in life, which is revelation, is through a personal devotion. I'll say it again. The only way to get the only thing that matters, which is revelation, is through personal devotion. 
You know, I'm not talking about going to church or getting the latest podcast or TV evangelist subscription, but I'm talking about that personal revelation with God. What revelation means, it's a fancy word, but revelation, it simply means God speaking to you. Information is what people say. (laughs) Information is what they say we all need. And I don't want to take away or downgrade the fact that we don't need information, we do. But you see, there's a lot of information out there, and even in the church, and a lot of people could be speaking a lot of dead things, but is that really going to speak and make life to you? Is it going to help you? See, Revelation, it comes through a personal relationship with Jesus and his great news. Uh, I think that too many people, we, we come to church each week expecting to be fed rather than coming to give. We come with an attitude of, oh, what has a pastor got to give us this week rather than what can I give? You see, when you come to church, you're coming home. When you come to my house, you're going to help with the dishes. If people want to be fed, you go to a restaurant. We're we're not called to be a restaurant. God has called us to be a hospital, reaching out to the sick, the needy, the brokenhearted. Are you with me this morning? We come to serve, not be served. Our our get-togethers, they're designed for the unchurched. It's not about what are we going to get out of church. It's about what can we give into church. You see, revelation with Jesus comes in those quiet times. I love the fact, here's some good news. You and I, we have the right to control our own spiritual environment with God. You have the right to do that. It's not bound by law, but grace. You have the right. You see, it's you and Jesus. It's always Jesus. It's only Jesus And what I love about Jesus is the fact that he saved the best for you and him. Church, I love the fact that we have this church, but church is great if we have a relationship with Jesus. Would you turn to your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, and we're going to have it up on the screen. But Matthew was a, he was a former tax collector. He was someone who collected taxes from people. He was a liaison person between the people and the government. He wasn't well favored or liked. And he gave all this away in order to follow Jesus. I think that in itself is an awesome account. But in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, Jesus said, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to, make a, how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus, he's saying, if you want to know me, walk with me. He didn't say go to church. Now, I want you to hear me correctly. I believe in the importance of connection and going to church. But that's another story. We're talking about revelation, relationship. He says, will you walk with me? Jesus, he calls us. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come get away with me and rediscover your life. You know, we can get all the information from college, from schools, from the internet. But I love the fact that our God, He's saving the best for those times where we get to be with Him. Religion is, I show up, I talk to God, tell Him my problems, and then I go. But relationship is where we come to God and we spend those intimate times with Him. They're not one-offs, they're regular encounters you know, you're not into religion. Well, I've got good news for you this morning. Neither is Jesus. He, he's not into religion. He wants to hang with us. He wants to be with us. He wants us to hang out with him and talk with him and get to know him better. I love the fact that God, Jesus, he, he loves us so much and he wants 
to have the most special, intimate parts of our lives reserved just for Him and me. Him and you. You know, you can do a lot of great stuff in church and that's cool, but I love the fact when I have those moments with God, one-on-one, away from the church where it's just me and Him. You know, this week I've had several encounters where I've experienced that with God. I love the fact that it's not limited to just one or two. It's any opportunity where I decide to get away from all distractions and just have that personal revelation, that personal time with my God, my Saviour, my Daddy. You know, you may be here this morning and you may be facing challenges in life and I want to tell you to challenge you. I want you to have those behold the moments where we go and have those times with God. Behold the man. See, there's something about distance. Distance creates distortion. I remember driving in Sydney and the car fuel level was down low and I kept looking at the fuel prices on the service stations that I was passing and it was like $1.30 a litre I'm guessing I thought no it's too expensive I'll go to the next one $1.25 we're getting cheaper good good we'll go to the next one $1.20 great 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 it's going to be cheaper the next one then we get on the Cumberland Highway the fuel light had been on for like 40 k's then all of a sudden, traffic stops, roadworks. There was a hill, an overpass. I'm praying, Lord, I know I'm stupid, but please help me to get this thing to the next station. I don't want to push it up this hill. I make it to the top of the hill, traffic stops. I thought, beauty. Then I realized, okay, we're at the top of the hill. And I, could, I thought what I saw in the distance was a service station. No, it was a McDonald's. Of course, what happened at that point in time? Car runs out of fuel. Over to the side I go. But you see, distance, it creates distortion. That what I thought was a service station in the distance. When I squinted my eyes and had a look, it was a McDonald's. It was a food, a fuel of some other description, if you can call it food. (laughs) But you see, we need to bridge this gap that we have or can have with God, this distance which creates distortion through communication. Have you ever been somewhere where something seems so far away you weren't sure what it actually was? See, distance, with distance, our our image is distorted. I I love the fact that our God, He doesn't want us or He doesn't desire for us to have these distant relationships with Him. He wants to be real. He wants to be intimate. He wants to be personal with you and I. You know, we can come to church and this is fantastic and I love the fact that you guys are so here and I thank, I thank you for coming and listening to preaching this morning. But don't think just attending church is, is enough. It's not. Jesus, he, he is enough. Distance, it creates distortion. This separation we put between us and God, it creates a gap that only God can fill i got a question for you this morning. What is it when it comes to your rhythm? What is your rhythm? Jesus said, I want you to learn my rhythm. The reality is, is your rhythm is going to be different from, from my rhythm. When you have your rhythm with God, I really believe that people will take notice. Something will happen to you. God will, when you come and you spend time with Him, others will notice that there is something different about you. What is your rhythm with God? I can remember early on in my faith, my walk with God, I had this radical encounter with God. My life was transformed on the spot. I was accepted, loved by Jesus. I knew it. But then came this part of actually going down this path of a relationship with Him. I didn't know too much about it. I was a young man and new to Christianity. I knew that Jesus was my saviour, but I didn't know about this rhythm, this personal walk, this line between me and God. I would catch up with some people. I had a mentor and I love them, but you know, they, they, put, they spoke some stuff over me which really uh, affected me in my walk with God. When I told them that Fiona and I wanted to head off to Bible college, I was given instruction like, oh, you need to 
go and reach out to this many people. They, they put a number on it, 20 people in the next three months if you're serious about this before going to college. You need to see them get saved. The problem with that process is, is it created this distance because I thought I must do this in order to achieve what I'm thinking is this. But it created law, it created religion, it created this distance between God and myself. You know, I have no regrets or to this person, I love them dearly. They were doing their best. But I think what is sad is they were just reflecting to me how they view God. I must do this, this, this in order for this to happen. Whereas God, he simply says, I want you to come to me as you are. God, he wants to create a rhythm with you. He wants that intimate times with you. I love the fact that when I got to college, I met up with a pastor and we talked about this. And I tell you, it was one of the first few times I, not few, the first time I experienced the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, the fact that our daddy wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with me. That then I put practices in place where I would spend those intimate times with him and realize that this isn't based by law, but it's based by grace. I don't do this because I have to. I do this because I want to. I love the fact that our God, he's not contained to big buildings. He said he will come and he'll break all that stuff down. He'll break religion down. Do you have a rhythm? What is your rhythm when it comes to spending time with God? For me, I got a few personal things and one of them is I try to pray and let's talk to God wherever I go. Earlier on in the piece, this, tried, this proved to be quite a comical situation. I remember doing this in my car. Another thing I like to do is just get in my car and put the worship music on and drive. And for me, that is one of my rhythms. The moment I hear that worship, I switch off from all distractions and there's just Jesus and me. Me and Jesus. I'm able to switch off from all distractions and focus on him and his goodness. There was this one occasion I was driving down Larapinta Drive. I had the music going. I was worshipping God. I thought, let's take it one more step. I shut my eyes. (laughs) I'm talking to you about rhythms, learning your rhythm. Pastor Jamie's foolish rhythm at that point in time. For a split period of time, but as I opened my eyes, I realized I was about to crash into a barricade on an overpass. Rhythm of stupidity. But Jesus and I, we were in this moment, and let me put a disclaimer there, I'm not telling you to do that. (laughs) I don't know what your rhythm is, that's between you and God, but for me it's those periods where I'm walking around and I'm just wandering on God's awe, his amazement, looking about things, just walking outside, just talking to him about how good he is, creation, thinking of people, praying for people. It's when I have those quiet times, I put that music on and I listen to him and where I get on my knees and I surrender to him and I thank him for everything he's doing in my life, come with an attitude of appreciation and just surrender to him and then be still. I think too often we can get in a position where we're quick to tell God our problems, we're quick to speak, but then we're slow to listen. See, you serve a God who speaks. There's a reason we have two ears, one mouth. (laughs) Just saying. How's your rhythm? How are you connecting to God? See, Christianity, it, it, it takes work. We have to get into this thing. We don't do this because we have to. We do this because we want to. It's only Jesus. Only Jesus can fill that void in your heart. You see, where's your relationship with Jesus today? It's not enough to just attend church. Don't just sit under a Bible teacher and be a Bible student. No, 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 no. Let's be someone who has that revelation with God. Can you imagine a, a world of people, a, sorry, a, a world full of people who are so passionate in their revelation, their quiet time with God, that when they come together as a church, that immovable force, imagine the difference they could make in their communities, in their societies. It's always only Jesus. Second thought I want to 
share with you this morning is I really believe that the biggest indicator of how much influence has in your life, the biggest indicator of how much Jesus has an influence in your life is how much you love people. How much do you love people? If you want to know how to love, first thing we need to know who is love. You know, as a pastor, I don't gauge where people are at or the things I'm doing by how much activities I attend or how many boxes I can check off. No, no, no. In order to gauge my spiritual life, it's how am I doing loving people? How am I doing loving people? One thing I really can't understand is mean, critical Christians. The fact that how can you put mean and critical in one sentence with the word Christian. It just doesn't compute in me. Rhythm. How well do we gauge ourselves in traffic? (laughs) You know, for me, one of the greatest struggles I faced was sport. That was one of my last... I'm sure I'm still going to have some come up, but one of the last struggles I faced was sport. I love sport. I love being competitive. When you get on the field, sometimes a different Jamie used to come out. I used to play AFL and I loved it. I was pretty good at it. I played pretty well. And one of the first things I did, as soon as I put that Guernsey on, we took to the field. I'd walk up to the opposition player. I'd shake his hand and from the very get-go, I would get into his head. Because I knew if I could win the battle of his mind, I won the battle on the field. I do not recommend that, by the way. That's the old Jamie talking there. <laughs> I don't play AFL anymore. My, I can't cope anymore. So I switched to soccer. A bit of a softer game. Sorry to all those guys who like soccer. A few years back, we're playing this game. I haven't played for a few years, but uh, we're playing this match... And I had the ball, I'd broken three, the ball had been kicked over my head, I got it, I'm running down and the opposition player, the defender's against me and there was no one between me and the goals except the goalie. We were about from the halfway pitch running down and I was in front and I thought I just felt good, it was on, Chariots of Fire was playing, the music was happening, those goals, they enlarged just before my eyes and as we were going down there was a bit of a hip and shove as we were running. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but try running with someone next to you, hip and shouldering you. It's, it's not the best of feelings. And as I get near the box, I line up to take that kick. I feel this big push to the side of my head and my shoulders. I kick the ball and it sprayed off to the side. And it was at that point in time, my opposition player said a few words which I won't repeat. And you know what I did? Bless you, my brother, it's all good. You're fantastic, I love you. No, I didn't, I fired up. He grabbed me by the scruff of my shirt and he tried to push me. Well, I pushed him back and he fell over. The funny thing was, if I can say this, his dad was also playing on the team. He came over to push me, I stood back and he fell over. So then all of a sudden, this all in brawl's about to start. I look over to the sideline because I could hear a couple of young ladies saying, Go, Pastor Jamie! Go, Pastor Jamie! It was Haley Harris and Peter McKellen. I went from feeling this tall to thinking, Lord, let the ground swallow me up and go. The referee didn't give me a card, but I said, Forget the card, I'm going off anyway. I went and hung my head in shame. You know, it's amazing how these circumstances, we laugh and we joke about them, but God wants to be in every area of our life. I hope you don't mind me being real and honest with you today, but hey, we all make mistakes. But the thing I love about Jesus is he's always there, he's always present. He wants this rhythm between us and him. He wants us to spend time with him and he's good, he's gracious, he wants to forgive us. Behold the man, stand in awe and be amazed. Verse 
anyone wants to form a soccer team, I'm available for sign-up after the service as a coach. I just want to give us some homework to think about as we go away this week, and I know that makes most people cringe, but in your times, in your rhythm times with God, I want to encourage you to pick an area that you're struggling with and just start saying to Jesus, I need your love. Don't tackle all of them if you have a few, as I'm sure we all do. But this week, just pick one thing and say, God, help me. Help me with the struggles I'm going through. I need more of your love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 7. Get it up on the screen. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and always endures through every circumstance. I want to turn that around. I want to turn it to the, uh, the PCV, the personal conviction version. And I want you to put your name at the start of every sentence. I just want you to think about it. Jenny is patient in kind. Jenny is not jealous or boastful. Caleb is not proud or rude. Caleb does not demand his own way. Jamie is not irritable. Don't talk to Fiona about that one. (laughs) Jamie keeps no record of being wronged. Jamie does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Paul never gives up. Paul never loses faith. Ken, he is always hopeful. Ken endures through every circumstance. See, when you look at that and we put our name in there, if we do that on our own, we, we can't make that. We can't match up to what that is saying. But the reality is, is Jesus, he, he always endures through every circumstance. And you can put your name in there and you can think it's impossible, right? But the key is, don't do it in your strength. You see, the Bible says that if I am in him and he is in me, we, we cannot be separated, so that leads us to one place. That leads us to the place of Jamie is patient and kind. Jamie is not jealous or boastful or proud. You see, it's a relationship, it's a walking thing. As you draw closer to God, 1 Corinthians that's all folks. 1 Corinthians 13 is able to become applicable to our lives. <laughs> More of Jesus. The only way that this can become more possible is through a personal relationship with Him, an intimate relationship with Him, that we're having that revelation every single day. You know, the word I receive from Jesus is not enough just for today. I need to be encountering Him today so that I have this fresh word, this fresh touch, this fresh pouring out of His Spirit, His anointing, which God says His mercies are new every day. I want to encourage you, friend, to get into that, get into His mercies, get into His word in those prayer times where we get that fresh revelation, it's always only Jesus. I really believe and one of my prayers for us as a church is that we are known for our love. We're not known because we're the biggest church in town or if we are the biggest church in town, but we're not known because we have a dark stage. We're not known because of the fact that we've got a hipster pastor with a beard. (laughs) I don't want us to be known for that. I want us to be known... For the fact that we are love. Be known for love. You know, one thing I think is sad is, I'm not saying that this is applicable here, but I have seen here, I've seen other circumstances where too many disadvantaged people have come and they've attended and they have not felt like they are at home. I really believe God has called us to be that church in the wild. He's called us to be that hospital, reaching out to the hurt, the broken, the needy. 
You know, we're going to find times where people are going to come and take our seats. And how are you going to respond? I'm still waiting for someone to come and take the whole front row, but most of you guys are like sitting up the back. It's a pain. <laughs> we're called to reach out. We're called to love. We're called to be a hospital, reaching out to the hurt, the broken, the lost. Not a restaurant where we come and we eat that buffet, where we fatten ourselves up spiritually and then we roll our ways out the door. (laughs) We're here to love. You see, if it was never about me, it would never be a problem. I want to be guilty for loving the broken. I want to be guilty for loving the lost. I want to be guilty for reaching out to those who others don't want to reach out and share to. Uh, is what I am sharing helping anyone today? You see, it's always only Jesus. It's always only Jesus. Jesus plus you equals everything. Jesus without you really equals nothing. I just wonder if the band could come up. That would be great. We're doing this series, Behold the Man. You know, friend, I really pray that over these next days, weeks, you're having many Behold the Man moments in your life. That you're seeing God through everything that takes place in your work. God's blessing your family. There's peace in your homes, in your friendships as you're out on those sporting fields. Behold the man moments are taking place. Not behold the man as in behold me. No, 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 behold him. His love is flowing in and through us. Third thought I just want to share with you this morning is it's only Jesus who gives you your worth. It's only Jesus who gives you your worth. I worked with youth for quite a few years and I think one of the saddest things about youth in today's society is their sense of worth are based on false pretenses false things you know I'd take that one step further and say for us as adults we can base our sense of worth on things which do not really matter either Our Facebook status is everything has to be perfect. That Instagram snap, it has to be the spot-on shot at the right angle with the right filter applied so that we, when we take that shot, we suck everything in <laughs> because we want people to take us for something we're trying to be, which isn't the real us. Only Jesus gives you your worth. It's only Jesus who gives you your worth. You know, even if you failed, you've lost your job, everything seems to be against you. Jesus is worthy you are worthy you are worthy it's only Jesus who can give you your eternal worth you may be here and you may have already given your life to God and I just thank God for that but my encouragement to you this morning is don't ever base your sense of worth on anything outside of the will of God He's worthy. He paid the price for you and for I. He loves you. He believes in you. He set a purpose ahead for you. This thing I talk about church, I love this place so passionately. I love the fact that we're a body of people coming together with one common cause, and that is Jesus. Not because we have to, but because we want to. You know, we've been speaking a lot over this last season about six different streams in church life and We believe that you have got something to contribute. Each one of us has something to give. Each one of us has something to share, something to sow. There are gifts, there's talents placed within you, and God put that in not so that you may be glorified, but so that he may be glorified. But the reality is, as God uses people like you and I to be his hands and feet, you are the one. He uses you so that he may be magnified. I love seeing the stories of seeing a broken life. Someone come before Jesus and then watch them walk out victorious, knowing they've got challenges in their life, but knowing that their future is bright, knowing they have worth, knowing they have purpose in Jesus' name. God is for you, my friend. He is here.
There's a God who wants to have a real intimate relationship with you just as you are. Uh, one of the things I think the problem with most of us is, is we think that we have to try and fix ourselves before we come to God. But yet God, he, he stands in heaven and he says, I want you to come to me just as you are. Warts and all, I don't care. I just want you. You are worthy. You are worthy. You may be here this morning and people may have spoke negativity over your life. You may have heard negativity over your life for the entirety of your life. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are worthy. There is one man who is able to help and to cleanse and to help you be free and whole and set you off in a life of meaning and purpose, and that is Jesus. I just wonder if there's anyone here this morning and... You've never accepted God into your life, but you would like to invite him in for the first time. You'd like to lay your life down. In other words, you surrender to him and you say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I need you to come into my life and to help me to live for you. I just wonder in a moment if you'd raise your hand because the reason I want you to raise your hand is so that I know who I'm praying for. If everyone could bow their head and close their eyes. I'm praying for you, my friend. I'm praying for you to get your life right with God because it's always only Jesus. You are worthy. You know, if you're here this morning and you would like to invite God into your life, you want to make yourself right before Him, you just want to come as you are. I'm just asking, while everyone's got their heads bowed and eyes closed, would you raise your hand and we're going to pray a prayer for you in just a moment. So if you're here this morning and you want to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you just raise your hand? Awesome. I feel there's someone else here this morning who needs to raise their hand. I don't want you to leave this morning without missing this opportunity to encounter the true freedom that comes through a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. I just ask one more time, will you just raise your hand for me, please? Awesome. Father, I want to give you thanks for who you are. Lord, I thank you that through you, we can have freedom. Through you, we can have purpose. We can have life. Father, I just pray for the people who have raised their hands in an act of surrender to you this morning. God, I just pray you forgive us for our sins. Lord, help us to understand who you are and to walk this life that you have called us to live. God, I thank you that you embrace us just as we are. Forgive us for our sins. Come and fill our lives afresh, I pray. Touch us, Lord, and help us to walk a relationship with you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, if you raise your hand this morning, I want to come and have a chat with you after the service because I love the fact that God is real. He's intimate. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And I want to do anything I can to help you on your walk with God. So when you come, we'll have a chat after the service and we'll talk more about discovering who God is and what he can do in and through your life. Why don't we stand on our feet? The team are going to lead us in a song and then we'll close in a few moments. Let faith arise In spite of what I see, Lord